Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. The Bible is being very graphic and very blunt in showing us a comparison. Two different kingdoms going in two different directions. Judah did what was right, while Israel did what was wrong. And the final result we see are short-lived kings. They were being murdered off one after the other after the other, short rules. But we have the blessed king who obeyed, had long reigns. Guys, what do we do with that? How do we apply it to ourselves? Well, get right with the Lord and do what He tells you. You want to make it a long time? You want to be prosperous and successful? Yes, Lord, name it, claim it, give me everything I want. Well, then you need to start obeying what he says. Well, I don't know what he wants me to do. Well, read the book. You know what scares me is that I'm afraid that there's some people that the only Bible they get comes out of me. And it better not. I'm doing the best I can with what I can, but you better, be, you better get more than just what I got to tell you. You got to spend your own time reading so we see this result here of what's all is going on. And what gets me is that every time a new king took over, he completely overlooked every bad thing that ever happened to every king before him. It's like he was just oblivious to what was going on. All they wanted to do was get on the throne and go, yeehaw, my turn. You'd think by now they'd recognize the pattern. Obey God, get blessed, sin, get cursed. Pretty easy formula to figure out if you ask me. So it says that Pekah was killed in the citadel of all places. I tried to dramatize that a little bit. He was killed in the citadel. The citadel was the most secure part of the entire palace. It was the Fort Knox. It was the innermost locked up layers of guards. Nobody's getting in here. That's where I feel comfortable. That's where nothing can happen to me. And that's where they went down in the citadel, right where they were comfy. Somebody did get in there though. And guys, that's what I'm going to tell you. That's what sin does. Even in your most comfortable place. Well, I can sin here without looking at anybody. I'm going to turn around. Guys, you get in front of that computer and nobody's there. I'm in my citadel. I'm going to sin here. Nobody's going to get me here. It will. It comes in there. It'll get in there. You know, really, when you sin like this willfully, you're basically opening the door and calling all the demons, come on in. Have a field day. Tear my life up. I'll act like a Christian when I go to church. It got them in the citadel. And when I read that, I just went, oh. Because I remember my own citadels that I had in my life before. You welcome sin, it gets in everywhere. It steals, it kills, and it destroys 
even your citadel that you think it can't get into. No willful sinner is safe from the destruction of sin. None. So far, Israel had a lot of flash-in-the-pan kings, and they were time-stamped against the lengthy reigns of Judah's kings to help us recognize the pattern. <laughs> now, in the, we read, in the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, in the 39th year of Azariah, king of Judah, in the 50th year of Azariah, king of Judah, it just kept saying these lengthy reigns. The lengthy reign of which king? Of Israel or Judah? The lengthy reign of Judah. Judah was doing well. It's like the Bible is just screaming at us to understand this lesson of where it will get you if you play with sin. Well, I'm, I'm mostly Christian, Ray, but I, I got this little sin over here. I just kind of keep it because I like it. It's just one little thing. It's no big deal. That's the one that's going to get you in your citadel that you have made for your life. The little comfy place where nobody can get here. It's okay. Nobody knows. Certainly don't let Pastor Ray know. Don't let nobody in the church know. I'll keep it privatized. My little citadel. But when it comes and gets you, we're all going to find out. Best thing for you to do is get right with the Lord today and avoid all this mess. The Bible is screaming for us to get this lesson. But wait, there's more. 2 Kings 15, 27. And the 52nd year, wow. In the 52nd year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Remaliah, became king over Israel and Samaria and reigned 20 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin. In the days of Pekah, the king of Israel, Tiglath-Pileser of king of of king of Tiglath, whatever, king of Assyria came and took Ijon, Abel, Beth Mekah, Janoah, I'm redneck. Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Nephtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Then Hosea, the son of Elah, led a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and struck him. Here we go again. Dun, 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 dun. And struck him and killed him. So he reigned in his place in the 20th year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, in case you don't believe it and you think this is crazy, indeed they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. Guys, I'm getting tired reading the same stuff over and over again. How many guys went down? How many guys went down? How many does it take? So Pekah murdered his way into the throne of Israel. Yeah, it's my turn now, only to have the same thing happen to him. You know what? You will get what you dish out. You will reap what you sow. And these guys were so blind in their sin, that's why they couldn't see it. Sin make you blind as anything. You don't know what's coming. Doesn't matter if 50 people before you all took the same consequence. You get your shot. Sin has blinded you. You're going to go running right straight into it. You're not going to realize what happened to everybody else that did the same thing. And that's our nation today. God bless us. God bless the Christians trying to demonstrate repentance. We sure get slaughtered bad for it. But it's for them. 
It's for the Lord. These guys, their sin, it cost them as well as other people around them. It cost them too. So look at all the people that were taken captive and deported away. It says a lot of people were dragged off. So you got families living around the land. They're enjoying their dinner time. They're having fun with their children. And here comes this group of guys and takes them all away because some kings were acting like morons. Leading the people to believe that this sin is okay. Making it a national policy that golden calf worship is fine. Don't worry about it. But God says it ain't right. That's okay. The government says it's fine. And look what happened. They got dragged off. Guys, I'll tell you, America's getting dragged off. Spiritually, we're getting dragged off financially. We're getting dragged off socially. We can't even get together in the same rooms anymore unless they're real Christian believers and talk about anything without some disagreement popping up and everybody getting mad about it. I could post on Facebook, I hope you have a nice day. In five minutes, somebody's on me about something. That's our culture because we're getting dragged off. Captives. They were, these people were taken away. They lost their homes. They lost their families. Anybody comes and messes with my family? But this happened to these people. There's nothing they could do about it. That's what sin does. 2 Kings 15, 32. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did what was right. See, we flip back to Judah again. Why are these, all these kings of Judah doing right? Because they learned it from dad, and they learned it from granddad and great-granddad. They learned it. It's a learned behavior. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. However, the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? In those days, the Lord began to send Razan, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, against Judah. So Jotham rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. Then Ahaz, his son, reigned in his place. See, we made it up to Ahaz now. I listed them earlier. Okay, so Judah had yet another good king, good for them. And the reason I believe, I think, why he built that upper gate of the house of the Lord, as it says there, is I believe he was trying to encourage people to come into the temple to worship the Lord there. He built a grand gate at the house of the Lord like a welcome, come in, come this way kind of thing. Let's worship the Lord here. Uh, He wanted people to worship the way God wanted wanted them to. But the high places still weren't taken down, and that still becomes a problem. So on one hand, I, just to quickly apply to us, you can be, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a go-getter, I go to church, I do all the things, and I want people to come to the Lord, but I keep high places. It, it doesn't add up, guys. It doesn't work. You've got to get rid of the high places too, and welcome people into the, to the Lord. You, you, it's the R word. It's rated R. It's called Repent. But I'm a Christian, I don't need to repent. You've got to repent every day as a Christian. You keep with it. 
It's not something you do once, you stay with it. So he's trying to get people to come in and worship the Lord. But verse 37, it says that the Lord began to send, send forces against Judah. Why? Why did he do that? We're going to see in the next chapter that Pekah's son, Ahaz, would be the first king in a long time. We've seen all these kings doing what was right. He'll be the first one in a very long time who did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord. All of a sudden, you got this guy, long series of good kings, all of a sudden, he's not. And so the Lord started to move forces in against Judah to test Ahaz. What happened here? I don't know. We'll get there. Well, what really gets me about this chapter as we start to close down now is how every time a new king took over, he completely overlooked all the bad things that happened to every other king before him. And he got on the throne and said, yeah, it's my turn. People are like that. I don't care what happened to you as long as I get my fun, my turn. And that is what sinful pride does to people today. It makes people unable to recognize the pattern of what sin has done to every other person before that you've ever known, every person that the Bible has ever warned us about, how they were all brought down for their sin. I know you know the story of David and Goliath. Goliath mocked the Lord and he died. Okay, how many people know that out there, but they're not living like they know it? Or should I say believe it? It's one thing to know it. But changes happen in the heart. You've got to swallow it down to here to make things take effect. Oh, I know that, you know, Moses, uh, you know, walked through the sea and Noah floated in a boat and uh, David killed Goliath. I know all that. I know Jesus died on the cross. Well, they don't save you. You've got to believe it. Knowing it doesn't do anything. These people can't recognize the pattern of what it does to everybody else. It, pride, sinful pride so damaging as it is, it will cause you to ignore everybody else's downfall and it will get you to thinking only about yourself. That's when you built your little citadel. I can't be touched. I'm in a safe place right here. And then when you get prideful, you start thinking that you're so good, that you're good enough to earn your own good standing with God. That's what the prideful do. I'm so rich. I'm so blessed. God must really love me. And that is not your job to do that kind of work. That is the job of the priest to make you right with God. You do not make yourself right with God by your own work. Well, if I just worked harder, God will love me more. That's your pride. That's your citadel. That's not your job. The job of the priest is to make you right with God. You can't do that. So don't try to do like the the king that went in there and did his own sacrifice work. You can't do it. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That ain't your job. That's his job. That's for him to do. And pride will cause you to start trying to work for your own exaltation. Exaltation is lifting up. When you're prideful, you'll work to lift yourself. That's not your job. That's the Lord's job. Exaltation is the job of our priest. Now, Azariah, when he went in there to do that sacrifice work, he was no more qualified to perform his own sacrifice work than we are in performing ours. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and I use the New Living Translation. It's not my favorite use, but I like the way they worded it says, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. 
That's his work. It ain't yours. He wasn't, Azariah right, wasn't qualified, neither are we. Jesus had to make the way to the Father, not us. That's nothing that our work could ever do. So this chapter here that we read, it gives us a long-running series of good kings on Judah's side and a long series of bad kings on Israel's side. And it's quite obvious that parents have a huge influence on their children because that's where each of these kings picked it up from. They picked it up from the dad before them, and they kept carrying it on. Uh, Azariah started off good, just like his dad Amaziah did, but he also inherited a character trait from his dad. He inherited that pride that got both of them later. Remember the previous chapter, his dad went down for his pride. Azariah did also for the same thing. You'd think maybe he would have been wary of falling into the same trap. Well, my dad went down for pride. Maybe I should be careful of that. But he was too blind in his pride to see it. Judah had kings that did right. Judah was restored by God, but Israel had kings that did wickedly, and so God was not with them. Now, hopefully this chapter today will help us to recognize the pattern so that we can know how to live in such a way that it will bring about good results to those that we have an influence on, your children. Is there a generational curse that came down your family line? You want it to stop and not get into your kids? Make sure it stops with you and that it doesn't get past you. Get right with the Lord, turn that to blessing, and then bless everyone past you. You can change a whole ancestral line just based on you following the Lord. Now, I got to thinking about this. One last thought before we close it up. I got to thinking about all these parents passing down character traits to their kids, and I got to thinking, why do we call God Father? We call Him Father because He's a parent to us. So this also conveys the idea that our parent father God can hand down some of his character traits to us, right? 1 Peter 1.16 says, it is written, be holy for I am holy. I think a major theme in this chapter is that if you want God's blessing, then you got to do what is right before the Lord and also if you accept Jesus as your Lord Messiah Jesus and He indwells you, you will pick up His character traits. I can love. I can forgive. I can be patient. I try. <laughs> Those are character traits of the Lord that He has given you to use because He is a Father. He is our parent. Do you see the pattern here? So if driving down the same road of your life always ends up with nails in your tires... And if you're always getting your progress hindered all the time, then it's a good idea to review whose character traits are you going by? Are you going by yours, your own, or are you going by the Lord God's? 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Friends, I'm done here, but I think something we need to consider today is how's your life going? Are there little pockets of sin here and there. You've done everything right in the sight of the Lord. You're doing good, and the Lord has confirmed in your life that what you're doing is well, and it's blessed, but you have a few high places, and you're fine with those high places because you're in your cozy little citadel, 
and you haven't recognized the pattern yet that there's a lot of people out there living the same way and you've seen what's happened to them, but for some reason you don't think it's going to come down on you. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. He's dealing with you on what these things are. I have no clue what they are. He's telling you right now, whatever it is, he's telling you, you need to get rid of. Your citadel's got cracks in it. You need to get rid of it. I want to pray for you right now that you get it out of your life today as soon as you get in a position where you can do it. Kick it out. Drop kick that sucker out of your life and get it gone. It'll get in your citadel and you don't want to end up like everybody else. Amen. Father, I come before you, Lord God. Lord, what a convicting message. Uh, Lord, I know a lot of people are thinking about a lot of things in here today. Lord, help them. But Lord, I want to be of an encouragement. Lord, encourage them that releasing these high place things and giving up their citadel and walking outside of it and standing transparently open and saying, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. I am exposed before you, broken. Take over, Lord God. And that they give these things up before it gets to them. Lord, bless their work. Amen. We've seen that in a lot of these kings today. They were blessed in what they did right. But Lord, for the things that are people, the pockets they know they have hiding around that they need to get out of here, help them, show them how to repent. Lord, I know I need to repent, but sometimes I don't even know how to repent. Lord, it's so dug in, I don't even know how to get out of it. Lord, open a way for every one of them right now. Show them the way out of it right now so that they can say, there's my way, I'll take it. And Lord, let's get this stuff out of our lives. Bless our lives, Lord God. Thank you for your word today. Lord, I ask however well or not well, I may have delivered this message that your word got the point across today and that you bless the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord, for your your word for us. Can't thank you enough. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I know I went a little long today and it's kind of weird because I'm cutting y'all off from hearing my own radio show at 3.30, but whatever. Um, You know, you don't go to Whataburger and eat one bite and say, and that's enough. When it's good, you want more. So y'all keep coming back because I figure you want more, so I'm going to give it to you. And um, just, you know, guys, uh, the things in your life that uh, the Lord's been contending with you about, maybe it's time to listen to him. Maybe it's time to look at the pattern of what happens to others and say, you know what, not me. Because I want my kids and my influence around me. I want all this cursed stuff to stop. I want things to finally change. And if it's going to change, it's going to change with me. I had to make that decision a long time ago. A lot of things going on. It stops here. And it's not going to be easy for you to make it stop with you. But it is going to be blessed. And the blessing more than makes up for the work that it takes to be disciplined in following the Lord. Amen? It's a very good walk. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. Send your people out. Lord, I'm sending sheep out to be slaughtered today. And they're going to go out in the world. They're going to be hated. They're going to be insulted. They're going to be talked down on. Lord, hold everybody's chin up high, not in self-pride, but in the fact that you have promised you will be with them every step of the way. Teach us what to say and show us the opportunity when it strikes so that we will say the things that people need to hear so that we can bless our nation, bless the people around us. I want to be instrumental and thank you for inviting me into the family business to let me have a piece of it. We thank you for it, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.